You're listening to the Bill Sunday School Podcast. You guys have been talking all month about the Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And uh, Joe asked me a few months ago to come and teach the last week of the series on the Holy Spirit. And so uh, I was really honored and um, really daunted at the same time because how do you, how do you really... You could never have an exhaustive talk about the Holy Spirit. You could talk at the Mill Sunday School until 2081 uh, every Sunday on the Holy Spirit and still not get it all. And so what I've decided to do is just take five, five things about the Holy Spirit today and talk about those things, knowing that we could never cover everything about Him. Um, first off... I'm going to, I'm going to, a lot of the time today, I'm going to refer to him as our Lord, the Spirit. And because sometimes I think when people don't think of him as the Lord, then he's just sort of some force out there. He's, he's kind of an it rather than a person. And so I'm going to refer to him as our Lord, the Spirit, a few, uh, often today, um, because he's not Casper the Friendly Ghost. He's not this, like, thing out there that just floats around and does stuff. The, the Holy Spirit is God. And do you mind if I just grab a, a hand mic, guys? Because this is, like, sliding all over the place. Perfect. You were anticipating that. Okay, is that better? Okay, so I think some people think that he's um, like God's third cousin in heaven that God felt obligated to keep around. You know, like, ah, uh, <laughs> crazy cousin, Holy Ghost, I got to keep him around. He's weird, but he's in heaven, so I got to give him a job to do. And it's, that's not who the Holy Spirit is. Our Lord the Spirit is God. He's the third person of the Trinity, and he is God. He's been around since the beginning. Uh, Genesis 1, verse 1, opens up in Scripture. It says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. He's been around since creation. He, he has been around. <laughs> he is God. Um, he's not a tool. He's not a formula against sin. He's not like a plumber that comes in and fixes the problem and leaves. He's personal and he gets tangled up in the mess of our lives and he lives with us and he is in us. As I see it, there are kind of looking back, zooming out at the big picture of humanity and creation. I think there are three major movements of God and the first one would be creation. God, God came and he created and he spoke things into being and he separated the water uh, from the sky and he separated the land from the water and he, he separated the light from the day, or, or the light from the dark. And he created and then sin came in with Adam and Eve. So sin kind of messed up the creation. It, it tainted, it polluted the second movement, because of sin, I would say would be salvation. Jesus Christ came to the earth and 
lived a sinless life and was God, was fully God and yet was fully man. He was tempted in every way, Scripture says, yet he was sinless. So he came to rescue us. The, the law had to be fulfilled. And so Christ came to live, to fulfill the law so that he might buy us back with his death and with his resurrection. So creation, first movement. Salvation, second movement. And even with salvation, there's something that's wanting. Something more is to be desired. This third movement, I would say, would be restoration to God's original intention. A righteously ordered creation, a righteously ordered humanity, setting things right. So he saved us through Christ and Christ's work on the cross and his resurrection. But that's not it. Now we have to become like him. So it's this restoration of his creation to his original intent. That's where the Spirit of God comes in. Our Lord, the Spirit, is the one who was sent to accomplish God's plan here in the earth and in our hearts. So let's take a look at a portion of the work of our Lord, the Spirit. And the first thing that I would say, the first point, is that our Lord, the Spirit, seals the deal. And some of you are like, what deal? What did he seal? What's the deal that he sealed? And I would have to say it is salvation. It's a guarantee of sonship. It's a guarantee of daughtership. It's a stamp that says God is for sure our Father. Our Lord the Spirit came in and he sealed the work of Christ Jesus in our hearts. Romans 8 Verse 12, I'm going to read uh, four verses here, so follow with me. I think they'll have it up. But it says, Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation. But it is not the sinful nature to live according to it. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Interesting that he says, But if by the Spirit you put put to death the misdeeds of the body. We can't put to death the misdeeds of the body by the flesh. We can't put to death the misdeeds of the body, the sinful nature that we have, by pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps and just trying a little harder. He says, if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, then you will live. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God, sons of God, are daughters of God. So he says right there, those who are led by the Spirit are sons and daughters. We're in the family now. He sealed the deal. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. So the capital S, Spirit of God, testifies with our lowercase s, Spirit, that we are the sons of God, that we are the daughters of God. The Spirit has stamped it in us that it's done. You are in the family. Ephesians 1.13 And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed or having put your faith in Christ, you were marked in him with a seal, marked in Christ Jesus with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. So he says, having had faith, having believed, you were marked with the seal, which is the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession. So he says the Holy Spirit is a deposit inside of us, guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession. So he, 
he's made it final in us, that we are part of the family. So if you've called on the name of Jesus today, there are times I've been serving the Lord for 20 years since I was a little kid. I grew up, my dad was a pastor. My parents taught me how to love the Lord and, and they modeled it. So I was really set up by them to not have to overcome their goofiness. So I've had it relatively good. And still there are times when I go, am I really a son? Am I, am I saved? Am, is it done in me? Or, or is my darkness just too much for God? And has anyone ever had that question? Has anyone wondered if this is really real? And if what Jesus did is enough for us? Um, I have wondered that. Maybe that proves my weakness or maybe I'm just stupid. But I've felt that way. And right here, what I'm highlighting that has been highlighted throughout Scripture is that it is done. So if you wonder if you're a son, you, if you wonder if you're a daughter, if you've called on the name of Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you and you have been marked with a seal until the day that Christ returns. And so I rejoice in that. I've been excited about preparing this talk this week because it's really settled some things in me yet again that it's, I, I can't mess this up. I'm not going to, uh, I'm not left alone to myself. The Holy Spirit has sealed the deal in our hearts. The second thing, and we'll, this one's going to be quick, but our Lord the Spirit always points us to Jesus. They're, they're not competing. The Holy Spirit's not going to go behind Jesus' back and say, yeah, you should really, you know, I'm, I'm pretty cool. I'm a big deal around here. I don't know if you know that. Uh, and, and undermine Jesus. Everything, he is God. And God is one. God in three persons, Father, Son, and Spirit. But God is one, so they aren't competing. Jesus said in John fourteen twenty six that the Holy Spirit will remind you of the things that I have said. This is right before Jesus was getting ready to leave. He's talking to his guys uh, in John 14, and he says, I'm getting ready to go. You can't come, but I'm going to send another helper, a comforter for you. He's going to live in you, and he's going to remind you of the things that I've said. So the Holy Spirit always points us back to Jesus. He always reminds us of Jesus. He always, in, in another verse it says, that he will lead you and guide you into all truth, and Jesus is the truth, and he will show you things to come. And so Jesus was reassuring us from the very beginning before he was to leave that when he comes, the counselor, he's going to remind you of me. He's going to point you back to me. So anytime you have a thought about Jesus or something that he said or his word or the way he lived, it's the Holy Spirit reminding you about Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit saying, look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. Jesus is the way. Go for Jesus. Keep, keep focusing on Jesus. So the Holy Spirit always reminds us. Of Jesus. The third thing, our Lord the Spirit reconfigures our inner world. Something changes inside of us. The imprint of sin is stamped upon humanity from conception. From even before we're born, from conception we are sinful. David said this in Psalm 51. This is right after he, he had this affair with Bathsheba. And it's a really familiar passage, 51. But early on in it, he says, Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. David understood that in our flesh there is nothing. There is nothing good. There's nothing that we bring to the table that can please God in ourselves. 
The Spirit takes up residence with His holiness and with His righteousness to refashion us from the inside out. Our Lord the Spirit, capital S, Spirit, reshapes our lowercase s, Spirit, into Christ's likeness. That's His work. He lives in us, He abides in us, and He takes what we are and He turns it into who Christ is. Have you guys heard of the the two theological terms? Uh, Coming to Sunday school, of course you have. Why am I even asking? Justification and sanctification. You guys have heard those terms. Justification is not the forgiveness of a man without righteousness, but it's a declaration that that man possesses a righteousness which perfectly and forever satisfies the law, namely Christ's righteousness. So that's justification. It happens instantaneously when we, by faith, are united with Christ. We are justified by the work of Christ Jesus. But sanctification is a different thing. Sanctification is a a longer, slower process. Sanctification is for a lifetime. It, It doesn't happen in a moment. Sanctification takes time. It's a gradual permeation of our entire life by our Lord the Spirit. It's Him starting to take up space and take up more space and take up more space. And he starts to own us over time. He, he has control of our lives as we give it to him. And we become more and more holy over time. It's like the, um, it's like the porn addict who's looked at porn for 20 years. And he's, that, that porn is just a part of his life. And this porn addict meets Jesus, and the Holy Spirit comes in. And he still, for a time, struggles with porn. And there are times when he he goes back and and he fights. And sometimes he loses, sometimes he wins. But, you know, there are people who have been porn addicts for 20 years who at some point get down the line and they say, I haven't looked at porn in 10 years. It's just not even an issue with me. It's not a struggle. Or a smoker. I smoked for 30 years, you know. And three packs a day, 30 years, and they meet Jesus, and the Holy Spirit comes in. And do they stop smoking right away? Most often, no. It's a battle. It's a struggle. Uh, But there are those guys who have smoked for 30 years who step back and they go, yeah, I haven't smoked for... I haven't smoked for another 20 years. It's just, it's not even a temptation to me. It doesn't even seem good to me. Have you guys ever met those people? Well, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. It's refashioning from the inside out. He comes in and takes up residence and starts to chip away at the the crud in us and the darkness in us. And he purifies us and makes us more holy into the image of Christ. Let me read this passage to you in Romans 8, verses 3 and 4. This is in the message translation. And it says, God went for the jugular when he sent his own son. He didn't deal with the problem as something remote and unimportant. In his son Jesus, he personally took on the human condition, entered the disordered mess of struggling humanity in order to set it right once and for all. The law code, weakened as it always was by fractured human nature, could never have done that. Get this, I love this. The law always ended up being as a band-aid on sin instead of a deep healing of it. 
the law, the scripture, the, the Ten Commandments, what we're supposed to do and what we're not supposed to do, has always been a band-aid on sin. It's never entered in and been a deep healing of it. That's where the Spirit of Christ comes in. He enters in. Scripture says that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. When we believe in Christ, he lives in us, and he takes up residence. We are his home. And he starts to reshape things and change things on the inside of us and starts to do a deep healing of sin rather than a Band-Aid that doesn't really fix fix it. Hey, Lisa, could you do me a favor? On my desk, my door's unlocked. On my desk is the Matryoshka. Could you bring it? I forgot it. Thank you. Sure. You can run by the bathroom first for Lillian. Lillian's potty training right now, so she's, whenever she says, I got to go, she has to go. You know, you drop everything. The law always ended up being as a band-aid on sin instead of a deep healing of it. And now what the law code asked for but we couldn't deliver, is accomplished as we simply embrace what the Spirit is doing in us. I love that. Because I'm tempted to fix myself. I'm tempted to try to make myself holy before God and to do all the right stuff. And, hey, God, are you watching? I'm, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm obeying these commandments to a T. Do you like me now? That's how I try to earn salvation. That's how I think God really wants me to be. But that's not what God wants. God wants to come in and say, look, you are too weak. You cannot do this. You need me. And he lets the Spirit do his deep inner healing work inside of us that we could never do. And so I just love that that we don't have to earn this thing. That it's not about our goodness. It's not about our faithfulness. It's about our Lord the Spirit reconfiguring our inner world. I, I like to golf. And there's this guy that is really good. He's a, he's a scratch golfer, which means he, he'll go out and shoot par on any given day. That's, if he shoots a 75, he's disappointed. Which is like, if I shoot a 75, I'm going to faint. Um, so he's a beast. And he's super composed. He's 140 pounds of skin and bones. I mean, just super skinny. You wouldn't think he could hit the ball far. He just stands up there just very quietly and very unassumingly just kicks your butt on the golf course. And um, we were playing last week, and (laughs) I hit a bad shot, and I I just go, ah! And I don't get mad and, like, throw clubs or anything. I just just go, why are you so bad? You know, it's, like, almost comical. And um, he goes, yeah, I I used to get mad like that. And I was like, what? Jonathan? You used to get mad. I mean, this guy is the most sedate human being you've ever met. It's like he's constantly on Percocet. He's just like... <laughs> hole in one. You know, it's just, he just, um, he's amazing. And so he said, yeah, I used to get really mad and break clubs. I was like, you used to break clubs? I've never broken a club, never gotten close to breaking a club. Uh, he's like, yeah, I used to curse like a sailor on the golf course and break clubs and throw stuff. And I would, I was like, you, I mean, honestly, if you met this guy, you would laugh like I did. No way. It's impossible. And he went on to just say, yeah, I I was a, you would not have wanted to golf with me five years ago. And he said, 
you know, God got a hold of my life and he just started changing me. He just started, something happened in me where that went away. And it wasn't instantly. He'd hit a bad shot and still, you know, get frustrated from time to time. But now he's at the place where that's not even a part of him. And it's so not a part of him that me meeting him five years later, I I could never guess that about him. And he attributes it to the work of the Holy Spirit, just chipping away at him and changing him to be a new person. Another story of a friend. Thank you, Lisa. A friend named Pete. And, appreciate it. Pete was 312 pounds 10 months ago. And just a great friend. We would go play golf and he, he was really frustrated with his health he just he wasn't liking what he was what he was doing and he was kind of in this cycle of just not being able to do anything about it he felt like and then he just all of a sudden one day he sent out an email to a few of his friends and he outlined he said guys this is what i'm going to do about my health and he started eating right and he started exercising no gimmicks no like crash dieting no going to the toilet and purging, nothing like that. Pete just busted his tail and got in the gym, sometimes two and three times a day. He'd go in the morning, he'd go at night, and he'd go for a run at lunch. And Pete today is in the 220s. He's lost almost 90 pounds in 10 months, and it's been totally legit. And he's he's a whole different guy. I was looking at pictures of him last night uh, with him. I was at his office. And pictures of him, you know, 11 months ago. And it was like, who was that guy? I mean, you can't even recognize who he is. And all he did was he started eating the right food and started exercising. And he, he, he tells the story that he got, he got the inside right and the outside followed suit. He changed what he was putting in him and he changed what was happening with his chemicals in his body by just starting to exercise and what was happening, the reality of the inside became a reality on the outside. And it took a long time and it wasn't easy, but here he is almost, almost losing 100 pounds in a year just from trying to do the right thing and eat right and exercise. I think that's a, a picture of when our inner world is reconfigured by the Holy Spirit, our outer world begins to follow. And... When, when something, when the work of God, the redemptive and salvific work of, the, of God on the inside of us takes effect, when we say, have your way, something begins to happen. And you start to see evidence of it in, in the real world. I can start to see a change. And he redeems us. It's the catching up of the outward with the reality of the inward. The fourth thing that our Lord the Spirit does is he gives us, gives us true life and true peace. Now, the reason why I say true life and true peace is because there is a false life and a false peace. You can have people sell you something that they will say will give you true peace. And you can try it and you'll find out that it won't. Our Lord the Spirit resides in us, and makes true life and true peace possible for us. Romans 8, 6 
says the mind of sinful man is death. But the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind of sinful man is death. But the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. John six sixty three. this is Jesus talking. It's a familiar passage to some of you. It said, he said, the Spirit gives life and the flesh counts for nothing. The Spirit gives us life, true life, real life. And the flesh counts for nothing. The flesh is a waste. If you're trying the flesh, you're going to keep trying and keep failing. It just, it counts for nothing. I think there's two choices that we have to pick between in life with God. One is living to please our flesh while making it look like we're pleasing God. Because you know we can do that. Like there's been plenty of times in my life where I've been living to please myself and no one knew. Because lo- I looked really good on the outside. Good Christian guy. Go to church. You know, do the thing. And I know how, I, I could pull the wool over people's eyes. And people would never know. And I think, I think probably we all have looked good at times, but been just a pile of trash on the inside spiritually. The second choice we have is living to please the Spirit and renouncing the things of the world. So we can live to please our flesh and we can still look good on the outside or we can live to please the Spirit and renounce the stuff of the world and say, no thank you. I got to admit that I don't like renouncing the things of the world. I don't like saying no to my flesh. I I think we're born with, I mean, I have a two-year-old. I can tell you that you have to train them to share. You don't have to train them to be greedy. You have to say, no, Lillian, we share our toys with other kids. You know, Lillian didn't come out going, here you go. (laughs) Here, you can have my juice. You can have my milk. Here's my bunny, my most precious possession in the world. Here's my bunny. You can have it. No, she, get off my bunny. <laughs> and we, we like to please our flesh. So we have to say no to it. We have to make a decision to go against our flesh and to live to please the Spirit of God. Jesus, Jesus was big on this. I mean, huge. This was something that he talked about a lot. He, he talked to the Pharisees and he said, look, you guys are like whitewashed tombs. What? And when you think about that, what is a whitewashed tomb? Well, like a tombstone looks really, really good. It looks professional. You know, it's got the dates of, you know, born May 7th, 1942. In the arms of our precious Lord. You know, uh, May 7th, 2008. It looks good and, and gives a full name and accomplishments. And, but whitewashed tombs look good up here, but down below there's decay and there's death. And Jesus said, those of you who on the outside try to look good, but on the inside live to please your flesh, you're like whitewashed tombs. You look really great above the ground, but below the ground where it really matters, you're a mess. He talked to the Pharisees and he said, you guys are like a really nice goblet, beautiful on the outside, it looks great. And he said, yet on the inside of the cup, it's filthy. And... That's, that's scary because what's on the inside really matters. You don't, it, the outside of the cup doesn't touch what's inside that you're drinking. 
But if you got a bunch of mess on the inside and you put a drink in there and you drink it, you're tasting that. And so Jesus is way more focused on the inside than he is on the outside. Another thing that he said was, you guys know how to say the right stuff, but you're all talk. He said that he, he talked about a people who honored them with their lips, but their hearts were far from him. He said, you people honor me with your lips, but you don't want anything of me. And the reason why I'm talking about this is because this hits me right at home. Every day I, I could choose to honor God with my lips. I mean, I'm a pastor. If I was meeting with people and cussing them out, I would get fired. You know, When I meet with people, I, I usually don't cuss them out. Uh, I say nice stuff. I, I, I can learn how to sort of do the sin management thing and make myself look really clean and really holy. But if my inside is dirty, I'm a whitewashed tomb. I, I'm living in direct opposition to God. And so this is sobering to me. This, this makes me go, look, I would rather look a little disheveled on the outside but be clean on the inside any day. I, would, I, want, I want to be clean on the inside. I don't want to... I don't want to figure out how to make it through this life and look right, but be wrong. Um, I just don't want that. So the Spirit reconfigures our inner world, and He gives us true life and peace. The last thing, number five. Our Lord, the Spirit layers us in God's love. Our Lord, the Spirit, layers us in God's love. Now, we know God out there, big God, who, you know, over the heavens and the earth, who created it all, who holds it in his hand, sustains us, feeds us, you know, the sun were any closer, we'd be burned. If we were any further away, we'd be freezing to death, you know. That big God out there who keeps everything working. We know that he loves us, right? That's what we've all learned. And we know that Jesus loves us. Jesus came. He was in heaven, seated at the right hand of God, and came down, became human flesh like us. You know, I think about Jesus having blowout diapers as a baby. That's crazy. I mean, really, God came to earth and humbled himself to be like us and had blowout diapers and depended on someone to feed him. If they didn't feed him, he'd be in trouble, just like any other kid who could get a cold. I mean, God getting a cold, that's really weird to me. But he came down and he humbled himself and he became like us. We know that Jesus loves us. The point is, we know God loves us. We know Jesus loves us because he came and gave his life when he didn't have to just to redeem us. But I, the Spirit is interesting because I don't think we think of the Holy Spirit, our Lord the Spirit, as loving us. Like I, I think, again, we fall back to this Casper the Friendly Ghost. Like, what does the Spirit do? We know he's around, but who is this guy? The Holy Spirit. And I would like to suggest to you that the Holy Spirit finishes us off with God's love. That he layers us with God's love. And the reason why I had Lisa go get this little doll here, this Matryoshka doll, I got this in Russia when I was 10. 
so 16 years ago, and, and bear with me, it's, it's really kind of goofy. It's a, it's a woman with a little curly thing of hair and a nice dress on and flowers. And it's actually my mom's. I, I got like a uh, uh, Boris Yeltsin one when I was there. She got the pretty woman one. I got the Gorbachev, and she got the, this one. But anyway, I couldn't find my Gorbachev one, so I borrowed hers last night. So it's a Matryoshka doll. And they sell them on the street corners in Russia. They handcraft them from wood. They sell them for like five bucks U.S., which someone spent like days making this and painting this. Five bucks, it's crazy. But this Matryoshka doll, I think to me, please know that I'm not, try- I'm not trying to dishonor or disrespect God by using a Matryoshka doll to talk about him. Uh, but I think it paints the picture, and I want to share it with you guys. This Matryoshka doll does one of these. Come on. Maybe it should have been $5. Okay. So, pretend with me for a minute. And please, again, I know this is kind of a stretch to go... You're using these as God the Father, God the Son, us, humanity, and God the Spirit. Okay? Can you guys all see this? Okay. So when I say that we're layered in God's love, what Jesus said is that when I go away, he said, I'm going to be with the Father. God the Father, God the Son. Jesus had already died and been resurrected by this time. And Jesus said, hey guys, I'm leaving where you go, where I go. You cannot come yet, but you'll come be with me later. I'm going to prepare many rooms in my father's house. If it were not so, I wouldn't have told you. I'll be back. But he said, I'm going to send another comforter, the Holy Spirit. And he will lead you and guide you into all truth. And he will show you things to come. He will remind you of the things that I've said. He's, in the Greek, the Holy Spirit is called the paraclete, parakletos, the paraclete. One called alongside to help us. And so he said, it's better for you that I go away. And the 12 and all of his friends that were following him during that day, they were just defeated when he said, I'm going. Because what the heck? Aren't you going to establish the kingdom now here in Rome? Or, knock out the Romans and establish Jerusalem as this geopolitical state. And he said, no, I'm out of here. It's better for you that I go away. And they just couldn't believe it. But he, he said, it is better. I'm going. So he goes. And he sends the Holy Spirit. And Scripture says in Corinthians, like I said earlier, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Okay? So, messed up humanity. Us. Darkness confusion, sin, junk. We, we want nothing of God in our flesh. We're born terrible. I will send a, another comforter, and he will live in you, and he will show you things to come. He'll remind you about me. He will, he, he's going to lead you into truth. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and he's inside of us, He's not going anywhere. And he refashions and reconfigures our inner world from the inside out. 
And so we have the Holy Spirit, who is God, not his third cousin, who God just was looking for him to, all right, all right, you go be the Holy Spirit, you go, just get out of here. No, this is God, and it means something that God lives in us. And it's very important and very, God respects us and God loves us and dignifies our humanity to come and live in us. And he says that the Spirit of God, those that live by the Spirit of God are the sons and daughters of God. And we become like him over time. We're, We're sanctified through the years by the work of the Holy Spirit. And so my point is we're layered in God's love. The Holy Spirit is in us, and we are in Christ, and Christ is in God. Let me read this to you. This is John 14, verse 20. Excuse me, we'll start in 15. He says, if you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father. This is Jesus talking. I am in my Father, and you are in me. And I am in you. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. Jesus said, I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. We are layered in the love of God. We can't get away from him. He's outside of us. He's around us. He's inside of us too. We have the presence of the very God of the universe, the one and only God, capital G. None other can compare to him. And we know that about him, but do we also know that he lives inside of us? Do we know that we have his power and his authority on the inside of us? Do we know that he dignifies our humanity by coming to live and take up residence inside of us? Filthy as we are? I mean, God is totally holy. How can he do that? We're nasty. We're, we're sinners, but he, he loves us. And this is the way that he chooses to make us like himself, by being inside of us and transforming us by the, from the inside out. I'm just going to read this last passage. We are layered in his love, and his love is layered inside of us. This is Romans 8, 31 through 39. You guys will all know this passage. You've read it. You've heard it. But think about it through these eyes of his love being layered all over us and all inside of us. This is Paul. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with Jesus, Graciously give us all things. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus who died, more than that who was raised to life, 
is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Now get this. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Who should, I mean, this is, this is four layers deep. Who's, I'm not going to be able to get the Holy Spirit out of me. Who's, who's going to separate? Who is he that condemns? Who can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life Neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You can't get away from his love. You can't outrun him. You can't hide from him. David says, if I make my bed in hell, you're there with me. If I ascend to the highest mountain, you're there with me. Everywhere I go, you're there with me. When I read this passage, after kind of having... This week has been a real... These last two weeks have been a great discovery for me. Just preparing and praying to, to talk on the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's a sobering thing. I mean, you, you don't just get up and just throw out stuff about God the Spirit. Uh, this has been very sobering for me. And now that I've just figured out even more and have this picture of God's love being layered on the inside of me, he's, he's around me, he, he encases me in his love, but he also grows his love in my heart like a plant with, from within. Who shall separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord? Trouble, hardship, famine, nakedness, persecution, the sword... I am convinced that nothing can separate us from his love. Our Lord the Spirit loves you. Our Lord the Spirit redeems you. Our Lord the Spirit chases us down as broken and depraved humanity. He woos us. He keeps calling us. He keeps saying, hey, I love you. Come here. Let me, let me have you. And I just, I just love the Holy Spirit. I love God the Spirit. Because we know God, you know, you got God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. God the Father is God the Father. He's, he's all-knowing. He's got it all together. God the Son, Jesus Christ, is known as Emmanuel, God with us. So let's say God the Father is God for us or God of us. Let's say God the Son is Emmanuel, God with us. But God the Spirit is totally different. God the Spirit is God within us. And I just love knowing more about the Holy Spirit through this process. That he's not just some random, goofy character that we should avoid. The Holy Spirit is God that lives inside of us, that purifies us and makes us holy from within. And I'm grateful for God the Spirit, and I want to continue to turn my life over to him every day and not live like whitewashed tombs, not be the guy whose cup is looking good on the outside but filthy on the inside. I want him to regenerate me from the inside out. And so let that, let that be our prayer today. 
We've got a we've got a few minutes here. I just want to pray, and then maybe we could ask a couple questions before we go. But Father, we just come to you today, and we thank you that you're our Father and that you love us, and we thank you that you came as God the Son, Jesus Christ, to redeem us from sin and to rescue us. But we also thank you that you came as God the Spirit to take up home in us, to to plant in us, to, to put down roots inside of us. And Father, we receive the work of your Spirit today. We say, have your way. If there's anything in us that's not like you, root it out. Get it out of us, we pray. Strip, strip us bare, Lord, if you have to. We pray that if there's anything in us that's not like you, Lord, that you would obliterate it. David said, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. He also said, search me and know me and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of eternal life. Lord, that's our prayer today, that by your spirit, you would lead us into truth, you would show us things to come, that you would point our hearts and our our eyes to Jesus and to his words, and that you would transform us and reconfigure us and make us holy, sanctify us by your word and by your spirit, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Anyone have any questions? Anyone have any thoughts? Anyone? If you don't, that's fine. I won't take that as a knock. (laughs) Going once, going twice, sold. Okay, thank you guys for coming today. Love you, appreciate you, and uh, we'll see you soon.